2: One, two, three, four. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. I'm Sam Shansky, Program Director at Diddy, and I'm here for just a moment to help introduce our guest, Nashville-based singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Lydia Luce, as well as our host, Amy Wright. Lydia was known as the go-to string session player in Nashville, working with everyone from Dolly Parton to Eminem but is now stepping into the spotlight with her solo album, Dark River. She's a completely independent artist, and without the help of a label, has amassed millions of streams and thousands of fans, which hopefully you're one of, or will be after this. Let's take a listen, and thanks for choosing Diddy TV.
0: Welcome, Lydia. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Very good, very good. And you're in Nashville these days, hanging out, right? Yes, I am in Nashville. At least you're there with a bunch of other musicians hanging out, which has to be kind of nice.
1: Yeah, it is. We, I've gone, we've gone on some walks and stuff. We did, I did like one um, kind of isolated um, like string quartet. Like I know musicians are here. I just don't see them very often. <laughs> well, and we're going to talk a little bit about Dark
0: River, which is coming out in February. Very exciting. I just took a listen to your album, the entire album start to finish really kind of um eclectic sort of ethereal sounding music i, I really loved it i was I, I caught myself sort of just drifting off so we'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes but i just wanted to uh talk a little bit about how you got here which you grew up
1: in fort lauderdale right mm-hmm. yes yeah and and you grew up playing music my first instrument was the violin and my mom is a, or was a classical conductor. So I grew up in a very different genre playing um, exclusively classical music. So.
0: And you're a multi-instrumentalist. Did you start playing multiple
1: instruments as a child or was that later on? Um, No, violin piano was my first instrument. And then, um, and my, my mom taught my brother and I piano because she was an organist. And then um, she wanted us to kind of join in in the orchestra, so we he learned cello, and then I learned violin, and she just kind of chose those instruments for us when we were six and seven. And then um, as I got older, um, I switched to viola so I could get scholarships for because nobody really plays the viola um, for colleges in high school. And then I started playing guitar. Um, I I had begged my mom for a guitar, and she was. She was reluctant, but at some point I did end up getting a guitar. um, And I just kind of like taught myself um, tabs and like learned, um, didn't start really like writing or anything until I was a little bit older, but mostly was focusing on um, classical music until I was probably 19. So very different world. I know that world
0: very well. I grew up playing how classical nice. violin oh cool and of course i didn't have the i didn't have a guitar when I was younger I've, I've taken it up as an older person, and so it's a little bit harder, but I love singing, so I want to be able to just sing and play you know and have yeah. fun with it. Um, so I understand exactly what you're talking about but what what did you um, how did you find the transition from classical to not playing classical being in a band, for example? Because it's so much less structured and what was that transition like for you
1: um, it felt really freeing um, because I think like with classical music you're there's not as much room for interpretation so you're you're creative and what you're playing is um, is your own in a sense but it's also not like you're we're all trying to play to like like the best violinists played Um, so you're not really getting a lot of room to try different things and create and so in a band you're all or just even um, like out of that orchestral setting like you're able to bring your own voice and your own creativity to that project and I felt yeah it's it's given me um, just more space to learn who I am too. And and as a musician, so yeah, very different. Were you writing music as in high school, for
0: example, before you went to college or did that writing come later in life?
1: Um, no, I, it started in college. It started at, my first college was a conservatory and Um, I found this girl, uh, her name is Annie Rossi, and she was playing viola and singing and playing at the same time. And I discovered her music. I don't even remember how I discovered it, but I'm so happy I did. And I just, I saw her doing that and I was like, I want to do that. I want to write and play on viola. So I started um, writing at this conservatory where I was practicing like eight hours a day and was like seeking something else and i just really didn't know what that was at the time but um really i think it was just to create and to be doing something else that was that was more like rewarding um than just spending eight hours a day in your room practicing with it's so much work and uh this is work too but it's it's more rewarding i think for me so i started uh, when i was 19 in college writing songs
0: I think it's really fun to write a song and and see where it goes because you Mm -hmm. don't always know where it's going to go when you start writing something and then you add in all the instrumentation and let all the musicians do what they're going to do. And it can go in a whole different direction sometimes than you originally thought.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It could also go in a different direction meaning wise. Like this, this record, I wrote most of it before COVID and before this year and um i finished the record recording the record in january but i added one song throughout this this year and even the songs have taken on different meanings so it's it's cool that's the beautiful thing i think about songs is they they can shift and be so many different things um depending on you at like the individual depending on the time depending on the things you're going through and, and creatively to instrumentally too or um, production wise too they can go In so many different directions and yeah
0: it's awesome. So I know that you got your graduate degree at UCLA in Mm -hmm. uh, viola performance I think, is that correct? Okay, so before that in between college and your graduate degree you worked for a stint at Smithsonian
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Folkways. Mm -hmm. I I found this to be totally fascinating because Mm -hmm. I wanted to know more about ethnomusicology because yeah. you you had you were into or you were thinking you were going to get a degree on that, or you were pursuing that, but what is ethnomusicology, and what were you doing for smithsonian
1: <laughs> yeah i um when I was at Berkeley for undergrad, I became really fascinated with all of the world music classes, so I took like a lot of West African drum and dance um, and then and I took uh, middle eastern violin and. And some Indian dance, and there was just so many classes that I could explore. And once I started to do that, I um, became really interested in making that a career. And I had gone to Ghana two different times for a month at each time to study Ghanaian music, and I had met so many ethnomusicologists. So, an ethnomusicologist is like an anthropologist they're um, going to different places and studying the music and the culture and um, and now uh, and so that's why I got the job at the Smithsonian because I was like well, what what's next like I want to do that that's what I want to do I want to travel and study music but um, the Smithsonian job was more of a desk job it was really cool Folkways is this huge collection it has a huge collection of world music and when I was there UNESCO donated, or um, they acquired 140 albums from UNESCO, from music from all over the world. And so one of my jobs was to listen and write about those records, and I listened to like 60 of them, and that was really that was really cool. But I also found myself. Um, at a desk and I was just not that wasn't the thing I wanted or dreamt of when I thought about being an ethnomusicologist It's like similar to somebody that wants to go into marine biology because they want to swim with dolphins all the time. It's a little less um, of the excitement part and also a lot of people have studied like Ghana is such a um, it's it's really easy to travel to Ghana now, and so a lot of music has been studied. And now, what musicologists are studying, like um, electronic music, and not not as much from the past, or but how, maybe how it's like um, how it's applied now, or what's happening with music now. So, I I took a step away from that, and then just wanted to be playing music. And my boss was incredible. And he had gone to UCLA for Ethnomusicology and um, knew that I really wanted to be playing, but also had this interest and love for world, world music. So he inspired me to go audition um, at, at UCLA. And yeah.
0: Well, and it's, if you want to be a performer, it's kind of hard not to perform. And then when you're doing something all day where you're not able to play, mm-hmm. like you're tired by the end of the day, you've worked all day. And then you're yeah. not able to work at your craft. So I would imagine that it's it's like this, you know, what am I gonna do with this? And um, very nice that you had a boss though that kind of understood that and mm-hmm. and helped yeah. you with uh UCLA and, and making some choices there. Uh how was LA? Was it how it was, was LA?
1: Good. <laughs> it was good, it was really great, and I I still miss it sometimes, um, but it wasn't what I've found in Nashville and in that I didn't stumble into this really receptive, um, community as easily. Like LA is such a huge city and there's so much, so many amazing musicians and so much amazing music there, but it's very spread out. And so it's hard to really tune into those, um, communities. And also they're not, at least I didn't find, um, like people to be as um willing to give people a chance or uh just as welcoming. So I loved I loved my time there and I love the community. I still go back a lot. And so I think in going back I'm like learning those communities more and um and yeah, I just when I moved here it was it was like an immediate oh, you play violin, like, come play on this. Oh, like you've done, I don't, just people were really um, welcoming and I got so many opportunities just from, just like right when I started moving here. So I think people are more willing to like give people a chance here, um, even if they don't have um, like a long list of of accomplishments or of like, uh, you know, checklists or something.
0: I think that sense of community is really important. I think that's why a lot of musicians flock to Nashville because you want to have a career and your career might encompass all sorts of different aspects of music, whether that's session work, writing, putting out an album, teaching, whatever that may be. And being in a place where uh, there's just so much music going on uh, has got to be great for uh, your career just in general Mm -hmm. and your ability to connect with other musicians. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wasn't really doing all of the things like, I wasn't doing, I didn't have a good balance out there. Um, And here I'm fine. I find myself it all. I just find it very even. Like I'm doing as much session work as I'm doing my own stuff. And I'm, which I love. I like, I don't think I'd be able to have a music career that was just one thing um, because it's, like anytime I'm doing one of the things I'm, I'm just reminded how much I love music and then it fuels, it kind of funnels into the next thing. Like and makes me excited about, um, about it all instead of getting burnt out with just, you know, just uh, driving away at the one, at like one avenue of music. Music is so, there's so many possibilities and you can do so many different things in it. And, and I probably have ADD too, so don't we all? <laughs> I know, I know.
0: Yes, I think that's sometimes we do. myself. So, when did you meet Sam Morrow and Jamie Wyatt? I know that you you did some work with them sort of earlier on. Was that in L.A. or
1: that actually was in L.A. And that's one of the communities that I did find that I loved, and that I um, that were also. Uh, a big part of the Nashville community there there's like an Americana like the the community that Jamie and Sam are in are. there's so much crossover people are constantly going back and forth between Nashville and LA and there's a community there um, that I met around going to um, there's a venue called the Echo and they put on these weekend shows called the Grand Old Echo and so I would go there every week and meet people that were doing americana music or like country music and so i i just go up to people and be like i play violin and literally that's how i started like meeting people in the americana world and just through playing violin at the time i wasn't really songwriting um, or focusing on my own project so i just wanted to play with other people and uh, I i played with jamie a little bit because of that just kind of like meeting her at the grand old echo and um yeah there's that was such a cool scene and that was also another reason why i was like i want to move to nashville like this this kind of thing that happens in nashville every night like those that community like those kind of community hangs and those shows and stuff so yeah but i met them out
0: there so when you transition to nashville you're you're now in nashville is your first order of business sort of to uh meet other musicians do session work i mean what were you doing when you first got there
1: um i really wanted to make a record so i had like several songs um i had made an ep before um in between the summer uh, in between my years at ucla i moved here for the summer and i made an ep with some friends from berkeley at their in their house. But I moved here and was like, I want to make my first like full length record. And I had met a couple people that introduced me to some producers. And so I started trying to make that first record. And it really happened quickly. But I realized through that first process that I hadn't really sat with and figured out who I was as an artist and what I wanted. So that we recorded um, for a couple of weeks, but then I took a step back and listened to everything and then s- taught myself how to record and started just doing it myself to just figure out like, what do I want to make? Cause I didn't even, I don't think I knew what I, I just was like, I'm got to make a record. I have these songs, but I hadn't sat down and thought like, no, this is who am I? What's my voice? Like what, what do I love? Um, what am, what am I trying to write? And so I spent several months doing that and then and kept meeting people and then met jordan lenning who produced azalea and then co-produced i co-produced dark river with him and he's like the string arranger in nashville like he writes strings for so many amazing people and um i knew that i wanted to have strings on my project so making that making that relationship and forming that relationship with him he's the person that i work with now most of of um of anybody in Nashville, and so yeah, I needed to spend that time instead of just rushing into a project and letting other people make decisions for me um, I needed to sit and think about it and be the boss and it's like no, this is what we're making this is what I want to do um, but yeah that that takes time <laughs> well yeah know it's it's
0: very important to find your voice and to uh, you know what do you want people to take away and know of you as an artist, and a lot of people who are not musicians don 't understand how important it is to yeah. uh, when you write songs to um, project them in a way that um, you know reflects on you and your mm-hmm. journey as a musician but that takes time it mm-hmm. takes time to find that voice and do you feel like Dark River is that voice
1: i mean i I was really blown away by your album so I do um I think it's even more of my voice than the last one and just because it's more vulnerable in the writing and um and also the I had more of a place in the production too I knew more about what I wanted even more than last time um, from just sitting with their songs and and also figuring out like what I wanted this new record to be. But it definitely is more, it feels more personal than the other projects that I've released in that I'm learning myself more and more. And um, this was also the record I wrote in like, as I turned 30. So I feel... It was like this closing of a chapter and then all the things that I've learned in myself up until now and being able to finally express them in a really vulnerable way instead of um, trying to write, write, I don't know, trying to write from another place. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to share these, And so far, it seems like the songs that I have shared, when, you're, when I'm more vulnerable, people can latch onto that and uh, identify with it because usually we're not the only ones going through the things that we are going through in life. And so to share it in and, uh, and art too is the best way that another person can hear that and, and identify with it and be like, me too, and normalize it too.
0: When there are, are a lot of strings on this album, big, big mm-hmm. string sound, which is beautiful. And that I think is throughout the album. I really noticed that. And then it breaks down like, to those nice acoustic moments that are quiet. But mm-hmm. in general, I thought it was, there were meditative moments and then there were some big rockin' moments too, but,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but there was definitely a lot of meditative mo- moments. And to your point, you were talking about a lot of vulnerable things. Uh, the song occasionally that, that uh, mm-hmm. starts out your album uh i if i may have this wrong but it seemed to me that you were talking about moving on from somebody but it's very hard to move on from somebody when they keep coming back into your consciousness mm-hmm. yeah and uh i thought that that was um that's a very interesting uh it's a very interesting thought because you can't make your thoughts go away
1: You're right yeah, and sometimes we have to learn to just live with those memories or um, and coexist with those, the things that have happened. if it's a person, if it's a thing, if it's... Um, I had initially thought of the song as a thing, but for me now, I, I think of the song as my anxiety. And um, so coexisting with anxiety and coexisting with uh, just like just a day to day um I don't know existence with it and trying to understand it, but also not let it control everything and yeah that that song definitely um took on a different that was one of the songs that took on a different meaning for me this year. um just we're all forced to sit at home and think about stuff right now and process our our emotions more process our lives more and so stuff i feel like comes up in those quiet moments but but yeah it's also that and that's what i love about music too and writing is that it's so up to interpretation it's whatever mean whatever that speaks to you and your life story so yeah. Well,
0: like you said, you wrote the song, you might have thought something different different when you wrote it, but then when you fast forward into a year like we've all had, all the stressors from this year, now the meaning changes for you and it might change for somebody else as well. And that's the beauty of music. Exactly. Um, so how has this year been for you? You holding
1: up? I am. It's been it's been a wild year and it just my my puppy just went to the hospital this weekend so we've been it's like one thing after another and so we're trying to that's that just kind of has felt like this year you know like uh, we our house got hit by a tornado then COVID happened and um it doesn't get any easier but there's still i feel very lucky to have the partner that i have and to have the home that i have and and my health and just a really good community too of people in nashville of it's all that everybody's had their intense moments with it but when one person is going through it a little bit harder another person comes and and's like i got you this is i'm strong this week it's your turn <laughs> If that makes sense, so I feel really grateful to have my community here.
0: And has it been nice, a nice distraction to go in the studio and record all these songs and just sort of focusing on that for a bit?
1: It's been, uh, yeah. I recorded the songs right before, but there was one song we we got to do uh, this summer. But um, the thing that's been such a great distraction is the like we've made still made music videos throughout this whole thing, we've just had to like, um, everybody get tested or like just being really careful where everybody on set is wearing a mask, except for me that I'm like when I'm singing or, or whatever. But the creative aspects of putting this record out have really been keeping me sane and fulfilled. Um, just still getting to create and um, think about, visualize those songs in, in the music videos so yeah, that's been really cool, um, and keeping me definitely keeping me sane.
0: <laughs> oh, any any other fun things you do outside of music that keep you busy?
1: Are you um, a baker? Or are you? Uh, I yeah. have been. <laughs> 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 we, I mean, now it's like on and off of snowing here, but we we planted a garden um, in the spring, and that's been such a incredible gift for us and that it's feeding us, but also that it's occupying, it's such a meditative thing, gardening. Um, So we got really into that, my partner and I, and um, that has kept us, now we still have a winter garden, but that's kept us really, really fulfilled, especially in the beginning. Um, And then, yeah, I've been baking and cooking a lot more. And I feel like we're getting pretty good at it at this point. yeah, collaging, and we've been hiking a lot. Um, it's getting cold, so and I'm from Florida, but we're still getting outside when we can. Yeah, keeping busy. Well, there are some silver
0: linings when we all have to slow down. There's mm-hmm. some meditative sides of of that slowing down, and we learn other things. And we take some time for ourselves but Dark River is, is just a great album and uh, I'm sure everyone's gonna be excited, excited about it when they get to hear it. It's coming out in February. We wish you the best with the album and, um, and hope to see you soon in Memphis or wherever.
1: Yes, yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me and for talking today.
0: Hey, Lydia, appreciate your time. Thank you.
2: We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Lydia Luce. Be sure to listen to other Diddy TV podcasts for more from the leaders and legends in Americana and Roots music. And don't forget to visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content and to download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today.